This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey all, welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Christensen. And you can find me at LinkedIn.com. Uh, you can check out my profile there, Eric Christensen, PharmD, uh, BCGP, BCPS probably the social media platform I'm most active on. Uh, so if you got a question, suggestion, uh, I do my best to, to try to respond uh, to all of those that I can in a uh, timely manner there. Uh, reallifepharmacology.com, uh, go check it out, uh, sign up on the uh, subscriber list, and you'll get a free 31-page PDF on the top 200 drugs. So definitely uh, feel free to, to do that. You'll also get updates as to when we have a new uh, podcast available uh, on a different uh, uh, drug or disease state as far as pharmacology goes. All right, so let's get into it today. Calcitonin uh, is the drug of choice uh, for the podcast today. Brand names of this medication, Myocalcin and Fortical. Now, this medication uh, is classified as an osteoporosis agent. Um, it is definitely down the line after bisphosphonates and, and other medications. Um, there, uh, I have seen it used in clinical practice um, to help with pain associated with compression fractures. There may be some evidence uh, demonstrating some efficacy there. Uh, it also uh, is indicated uh, for hypercalcemia as well, which I haven't seen um, personally uh, used, used very often. Uh, with this medication, uh, mechanistically, it works by uh, blocking or posing the action of parathyroid hormone. Now, ultimately, what that ends up doing is it results in the um, blocking or inhibition of, of osteoclast activity. Now, if you remember osteoclasts from, um, I think it was lendronate to the bisphosphonates uh, podcast, osteoclasts break down that bone. And, you know, their, their activity is what contributes uh, to osteoporosis. So obviously it makes sense if we prevent the osteoclast from functioning properly or functioning at full capacity, we're going to potentially help bone mineral density and, and manage osteoporosis. Uh, let's talk about administration because uh, this is a, a really important thing. This is not an oral medication. Okay, It's available as an injection and it's available as a nasal spray as well, which is kind of unique. Um, I would say in, in practice, uh, the nasal spray uh, is what I have seen way more common than the injection because in general, you know, who wants to get an injection if, if they don't have to um, compared to, to maybe a nasal spray might be a little bit easier there. But there is some quirks uh, with that nasal spray that I have seen quite a few 
uh, mistakes on. So one, uh, the dosing is one spray into one nostril once daily, and you want to alternate those nostrils every day. So day one, you do in the left nostril. Day two, you do in the right nostril. Do not do two sprays on the same day, okay? So that's something we, we might do with some of the uh, allergic rhinitis medications like a, you know nasal corticosteroid, for example, um, is to do it into both nostrils on the same day. But that is not how calcitonin or myocalcin um, is to, to be used. Uh, a couple other things with... Um, you know, kind of some quirkiness with, with myocalcin. So it does expire after it's out of the fridge and opened uh, in 35 days. So it's got a quick expiration date. In addition, um, it's ideal to uh, keep that bottle in an upright storage position. So this is also something uh, I've seen. And, and the reason being is it could... Um, the bottle could lose its prime if it's inverted or sideways. And then what happens is the patient doesn't get the adequate dose when they um, squeeze down on the trigger, basically, and releases that dose. So some really important, I think, education points on this medication um, regarding storage. And then initially, when it's first open, uh, we've also got to prime it and make sure we're actually getting uh, that dose out of that uh, medication there. All right, let's get into adverse effects. Uh, probably one of the biggest things I think about is um, if this medication is used, potentially it can be, uh, for hypercalcemia, obviously the drug can lower calcium levels, which in a patient with normal or borderline low calcium levels, that could potentially be an issue. So that is something to, to think about and, and look out for there. Uh, nasal administration, whenever you, you know, use nasal administration, you can definitely run into, you know, irritation and rhinitis and uh, nosebleeds. So that's definitely something that can, can happen from that uh, medication as well. Uh, there are some, you know, warnings, precautions on certain malignancies. So I think that's um, probably an, an important education point. Uh, clinical practice, I haven't seen any issues with it, but um, there have been, been some associations and reports with that uh, that probably should be addressed there. If using this medication for osteoporosis, um, I always uh, think about supplementations and, and, and diets. Um, meaning looking out for vitamin D supplementation, calcium intake, things like that to make sure um, patients have adequate amounts of that uh, to ensure that their osteoporosis is uh, well managed in general there. Uh, rarely there have been associations uh, with antibody formation uh, with this medication. So uh, this isn't incredibly common, and I don't think I've talked about it in the past, but um, there is potential sometimes for the body um, to create antibodies on certain medications. And if this happens, basically those 
antibodies do what they're meant to do, and they essentially um, neutralize the drug, change it, alter it, so it can't get into cells and, and have activity and, and things of that nature. So um, if you've got a patient that's you know clearly not responding to the medication, and if you remember, antibody formation generally takes time when we give a, a vaccine, for example, we're out instantly uh, covered for that uh, disease state. So, so it may take some time uh, for those antibodies to uh, develop and to actually see that non-response. But um, again, it is something to kind of think about if you're uh, not seeing the response you want, that it could uh, potentially happen with this medication. All right, so let's take a quick break and we will wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study material, or if you're just looking for a good read on clinical medication management, whether you're a, a nurse, a physician, a pharmacist, or any other profession uh, that handles medications, administers medications, um, definitely go check out meded101.com store. We've got a growing list of resources for all sorts of healthcare professionals. Uh, as well as a lot of study materials for certain board certifications for pharmacists like BCPS, uh, NAPLEX, BCGP, uh, ambulatory care, and BCMTMS. So uh, go check those resources out at meded101.com slash store. Uh, support the sponsor and uh, get some unique uh, educational products there as well. All right, so let's finish up on drug interactions. And, and as a reminder, uh, I do have that uh, book. You can find uh, Common Drug Interactions in Primary Care. Uh, you can find the link to that at meded101.com slash store. Uh, click on Audible Books and you'll be able to see that. You can get your first book for free on uh, drug interactions where I uh, talk about a lot of the most common things and some clinical pearls associated uh, with that. It's a 10-hour it's a book, so there's a lot of, a lot of content in there. Uh, so anyway, drug interactions with calcitonin, um, there really, in all honesty, aren't a lot. And um, the first thing I really think about with drug interactions is that effect that it can have on calcium. So remember, it can drop calcium levels. And if we're using other drugs that may also drop calcium levels, that could potentially have a little bit of an additive effect. So what drugs can lower calcium levels? Um, so I think of uh, loop diuretics, for example, uh, some of the other medications for osteoporosis, uh, bisphosphonates, denosumab, those have the potential uh, to lower uh, blood calcium levels. And uh, one other one, not incredibly used, but you might see it in chronic kidney disease, is sinicalcid. If you remember, this is a, a medication classified as a calcimimetic, and that medication absolutely can lower calcium levels. So uh, keep that in mind. If you happen to see a, a patient on um, two of these medications that may lower calcium levels, uh, you might want to do a little more uh, due diligence and uh, check those levels a, a little bit more often there. Um, like I said, there aren't, aren't many drug interactions. There, um, One other one I, I wanted to mention was lithium levels. Uh, it has the potential to 
uh, potentially decrease uh, lithium levels. So uh, again, I haven't, I don't think I've ever seen a patient, at least that I recall, that's on lithium um, and, and calcitonin because they are kind of two um, rarely used medications. I, I don't see them a, a ton, um, but certainly, you know, it would be something you would want to look out for if you're starting uh, calcitonin in a patient um, on lithium. We'd maybe check some levels and, and monitor and that type of thing. So I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Be sure to head to reallifepharmacology.com, uh, sign up, snag that free 31-page PDF. All, all it takes is an email. Um, also, if you enjoyed the podcast today, uh, found some useful clinical pearls, uh, definitely leave us a, a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And also share us. You know, sh- shoot an email to a colleague, uh, friend, classmate. Uh, if you uh, teach in, in pharmacology in, in college or something like that, um, definitely feel free to uh, share this uh, free resource uh, with all your students and uh, help everybody um, get better and, and pick up a few pearls on pharmacology. So I'm going to sign off for today. Thank you so much for listening. Again, Eric Christensen, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, shoot me a message there. Uh, also hit the contact button on meded101.com. Those emails will go uh, directly to me. I'm going to sign off. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, take care and have a great rest of your day. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.